Plusers, welcome back, guys, to a brand new episode of A Plus Opinions, your home for your nerd pop culture news and reviews. It is I, your host, as always, guys, Adam Perez, and we are back with some more DC Universe original series reviews for you guys, man. Um, I hope you guys have been enjoying what we've been putting out for you guys so far. Me and Indy went ahead and did reviews for all of Titan Season 1. Indy did reviews for the first half of Season 3 of Young Justice, and now we are back with the inaugural episode, the season premiere of Doom Patrol, a season that I think for the most part was kind of really had really intrigued people, especially considering the fact that these characters aren't very well known. Um, and so some of the trailers, I will say, definitely quirky, very humorous, not quite sure what to expect, needless to say. Um, but we finally have season one here, and we're certainly going to be talking about whether or not it certainly lived up to its expectations. So I'm ready. I I'm really thrilled to go ahead and dive into this week's episode. But before we do a couple of things of business, guys, do not worry. Indy and myself will be tag teaming to do Doom Patrol once again for this season. Um, but for episode one, unfortunately, it's just going to be me this time. Um, but Indy will start joining us on this upcoming Friday. This weekend, we just had a lot of different things kind of going on. Our schedules were kind of different. We did get together to do our Elimination Chamber video, but at that time, we had not watched Doom Patrol yet. So fear not, Indy will in fact be joining me for episode two and going forward for Doom Patrol. Uh, and you can you guys can go ahead and get our ideas and our opinions on this season um, as we continue on, man. So I think this season is like 13 or 15 episodes. I really love the number of episodes. When I think of Titans, I immediately think, man, I wish I had gotten 13 or 15 episodes. I truly, truly do. Um, but look, we'll, we'll talk about the Doom Patrol and Titans comparison towards the end of this because I really do want to highlight the Doom Patrol's episode and really just how good and stellar it truly was. So let's go ahead and break this down for you guys. Um, and also, oh, one more thing. We are doing a giveaway. Uh, if you guys are big video gamers, um, we are giving away a digital copy of Mortal Kombat 11 this upcoming April. Um, so if you'd like to enter into that, what we're going to be doing every episode review, we are going to be picking the best comment that you guys leave in the comment section box below we're picking one comment each review video and that comment that we pick will be placing into the drawing so you will have the opportunity um, to be uh, entered into Mortal Kombat's 11 giveaway here for us and we'll give you further details as we go along but now that we've gotten the business out of the way guys let's go ahead and talk about Doom Patrol uh, a season that I was really looking forward to because of the fact that I wasn't too familiar with their characters but I gotta say man I loved this episode. I truly did. You immediately can tell that the production value for this is extremely cinematic. This is the type of stuff that you expect to see maybe like on a big screen television set. So to kind of see where DC has come for its really its only second original series and seeing the extra work and the effort and the production value just skyrocket and go up just says wonders about what we could potentially continue to have for the DC universe going forward so right off the bat really pleased with just just the production overall beautiful cinematography the cast in general is just phenomenal um titans cast was the same way just really great stellar performances all around and the fact that dc is able to acquire just such great talent for a second 
a series in a row like this is is mind blowing, quite frankly. And so, but but honestly, when you look at the story details and you look at how the characters are written. As an actor reading this script, you have to have fallen in love with the character. So I can see why so many big names really jumped on board for this series. And I'm really, really glad they did. But the first person I want to talk about is Alan Tudyk. Uh, because Alan Tudyk starts off this particular week's episode for us. Um, as we see him as Mr. Morden, who eventually goes on to become the villain in this episode, named uh, Mr. Nobody. Um, and we see Mr. Morden very early on here. I believe we have a flashback sequence going back to Paraguay 1948 where we see Mr. Morden really acquiring the help of a Nazi evil scientist in a sense to kind of do this experimentation on him. Mr. Morden gives him a ton of money uh, to be able to have this experiment done to him and this is exactly what turns him into Mr. Nobody and I love the line in here where he says if I had known what this scientist was going to do to me I would have doubled what I've given him. So this isn't a character who is upset at what's happened to him he doesn't feel like he's been cursed this is a guy who feels like he's been blessed with this this amazing and intense and ridiculous power and to the point to where he wishes he had paid this guy even more and that's something that you rarely ever hardly see right it's usually like some sort of accident that happens and they always and they're, they're evil villains because they they're pissed off at what happened to them not the case this guy wanted it to happen to him and that just really speaks volumes about the character and i also love that alan tudyk narrates this episode um the fact that we are getting the story from his sort of perspective i really thoroughly enjoyed and i don't know if that's going to be a running theme throughout this season i certainly hope it is um but if it's not alan tudyk I do like the narration side of things, so if it's not Alan doing it as Mr. Nobody, I would like to see maybe other Doom Patrol members narrate uh, other episodes if that's what they wind up doing. But And I do love just the immediate connection that we have here between uh, Mr. Nobody as well as the Chief, played by outstandingly by Timothy Dalton. I mean, the fact that you got a former James Bond uh, to be on this cast is ridiculous, okay? Timothy Dalton is incredible, and I just love the persona that he winds up bringing for this team, being the father of this team here. Um, again, a lot of unanswered questions, though, because this uh, Timothy Dalton was not the chief that we wind up getting in the Titans series, so I'm wondering if they ever will explain that or if we're just going to gloss over that and just be like, this is our chief now. Um, so that did throw me off, but I love the fact that Mr. Nobody and the chief clearly already have a history with one another. Um, the fact that the chief is running away at the end of this episode, he clearly knows who he's running away from, and that's clearly Mr. Nobody. So I I I'm excited to kind of see that storyline develop like how does the chief know of mr nobody uh what their past relationship was like what did they get into together and why did they get to the point to, the, to where they're at now that should be a really fascinating storyline going forward man but i i just loved alan tudyk in here and again the special effects just from the very beginning of seeing um uh, mr morden split apart like that the trippy voices and the noises and then just seeing his final product at the end of the episode uh, was just 
really well done. I'm really excited to kind of see what Allen is able to do for this particular season. There's something about also about the 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 musical score, the the soundtrack, and everything accompanied with this episode. It has that that 80s sort of sci-fi rock vibe, um, almost very reminiscent of even that like Stranger Things at times. Um, just some of the weird noises and the sounds that they have throughout this episode. I was just really digging it because for me it, that vibe just really fits Doom Patrol and the characters overall. So I, I was really pleased with it. But listen, the man of the hour, the man of the hour is none other than Brandon Frazier, who plays Cliff Steele in here, also known as Robot Man. Um, I love the fact that we go back to another flashback here to the 1980s, um, and we get to see who Cliff Steele is before he becomes Mr. Robot, and just really how much really how much of a douchebag this guy is, quite frankly. I mean, the fact that he's you know, cheating on his wife. Clearly, their relationship uh, is is to shit at this point. They're they're seemingly both unfaithful with each other at this point in their relationship. Who knows all the drama and the backstory behind it? I wouldn't be surprised if we eventually do learn about all the struggles that these two characters were going through as the season progresses. Because Robot Man is having a lot of flashbacks as his memory continues to grow. Um, so I, I just like seeing it. Almost almost kind of reminded me of just like Talladega Nights for a second. Um, but what I love loved here is just how this episode is edited to the point to where it just helps formulate great storytelling um, because what happens is here is that we get to see the extremely tragic car accident um, that uh, Cliff Steele is in um, and then things immediately go black uh, and so as a viewer you automatically think that Cliff Steele died in this particular car accident on the racetrack because the very next thing that we see is the chief flipping on a switch um, and sort of seeing things out of the eyes of Robot Man and I think I, I, I love this episode because it did such a great job of just really showcasing I don't want to say like how a per I guess you could say it would really showcase how a person would most more than likely react to their situation when they realize they've been brought back from the dead unwantingly, right? Like Cliff Steele never asked for this. He never signed a waiver or anything like that uh, saying like, you know, if, if I die, try and bring me back and save my life. No, everybody's under the assumption that Cliff Steele is dead and the chief went ahead and got his brain, which was preserved and intact and just tried to give Cliff Steele a second opportunity at life that Cliff Steele never asked for. So when he wakes up and things are brand new and he doesn't recognize them, he doesn't recognize the people around him or what's going on. And then he winds up realizing the date on the calendar, realizing the time jump, trying to figure out what's happened to him and then having to accept the truth of what the chief is telling him about that he's dead and then eventually learning exactly what he looks like that's got to be terrifying like that's got to be not only terrifying but heartbreaking and i just thought brandon frazier just did such a great job of just emoting those emotions in such a way to where you immediately feel for this character and just the immediate struggles that you know that he's going to go through throughout this season needless to say um i love the fact that rita far just lets him know the truth right like let's get your expectations set in stone right because just because you know or feel that you're alive and that this man is trying to give you the second chance 
Make no mistake, you are not in your body. You are going to get a second chance at life, but you will never be able to live that life once again. And when she shows him the the picture, uh, when she shows him his image in the mirror and he breaks down, I I absolutely loved it. I absolutely loved it. Um, He's a tragic story, but it's also so beautifully done that that I ate it all up, quite frankly. And the fact that you go majority of this episode thinking that Cliff Steele died and his family just went on to just do whatever it is that they that they did with their lives right because they were presumably think that Cliff Steele is dead but when you come to find out that the chief has one more secret that he has yet to tell uh Cliff Steele about the fact that he did not die on the racetrack um i believe he gives him like a voice message recording that he that Cliff wind up leaving Uh, a voice message for his wife, the memories wind up start coming back to him and he remembers that he survived the crash on the racetrack, went and had some crazy sex, felt terrible about it, with crazy sex with somebody else, mind you, felt terrible about it and then contacted his wife on that voice message to kind of make things right. And the fact that they do kind of make things right and they get back into the car, they're they're in 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 the possibility of potentially of fixing their relationship, things are probably going to be working up in the upward direction for them. And to see them die tragically in a car accident just randomly and have that be the true story of Cliff Steele just broke me, broke my heart, man. Hearing Brandon Frazier's cry out, no, 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 that, that broke my heart, man. So Cliff Steele dies in the accident. His wife immediately dies in the accident. But apparently his daughter is, in fact, still alive. But remember, his daughter is a kid in 1988, and now we're in 2018. So what's that, like 30 years or something like that has passed? Um, so she's definitely much older now. And so it'll be it'll be fascinating for me to kind of see if we'll ever get that meeting if robot man ever decides to go ahead and try and contact his daughter and get that relationship back at some point it i'm i'm hoping that is a storyline i'm really hoping that that will end up being a storyline in here um but like i i like seeing just the progression of the robot man character it, all within just one episode it made you feel as though you immediately knew this man's life history his his mental state and everything all about him in one episode and his sto- his storytelling and his character development alone was just done fantastically well so i was just really really super impressed with brandon frazier this week as robot man but let's not make no mistake here robot man cannot be the person that he is without the assistance of the other doom patrol members and so we have to talk about them here um let's talk real quick about larry trainer mr negative man played by matt boomer what a handsome looking man this guy he he when when i think um when alan alan Tudyk is is narrating he talks about the idea like this like he's a man of perfection or something right or like the man that like everybody wants to be uh uh, u.s air force pilot he's got like this perfect family sort of thing uh he's he's dreamy looking he's like a handsome man like he's everything a guy would want to be especially during that time period right but larry trainer does have a secret of his own he apparently is gay but he still has a family i mean look this was back in the 60s right so who knows he could be gay but just living the life of a straight man who knows um again these are characters that for me at least because i am unfamiliar with doom patrol i don't really know if this was originally part of larry trainer's um history 
uh, like character or if they just added that for show purposes. We'll certainly have to see. But I immediately love the connection between Negative Man and Robot Man. Just that sarcastic sort of sense of humor. Uh, while they're while they're busting on each other already, you know that these two are gonna immediately be friends and be supportive of one another. So I, I just immediately love that that relationship that they wind up building up and seeing his abilities also in here. I thought was really impressive. It's it's fascinating to me as though. It's almost like as though he doesn't have control over when the negative man side of him comes out. Um, but when it does, his body just immediately drops and falls dead. Almost as though the the negative energy is using his body now as a vessel, and then that's really the only thing that's keeping him alive. And then when he ex when he when when the negative energy leaves, that's why he collapses and maybe just dies. I'm not, I'm not quite sure, but that's the kind of vibe that I'm getting. Um, I love seeing his past in here. Uh, the quick flashback that we wind up getting of him uh, doing being really being a test pilot for a brand new uh, jet that they're using. Uh, it winds up taking them out into really the atmosphere between Earth and space, but coming in contact with this negative energy, which causes him to crash and surviving that crash in just the most horrific way possible. So uh, I really love Larry Trainer's story in here and really look forward to seeing him further and further developed. Uh, Rita Farr, fascinating, played by April ba uh, Boley, if I'm pronouncing her name right. Um, she she's just ravishingly beautiful. There's something about that that classic 50s style that I've always been a big big fan of. Like that's when women were just so classy and so sexy to me. So I really love just seeing the Rita Farr character in here. Um, but we do see that her issue here is that she used to be an actress on one of these sets. She winds up falling through uh, one of these docks, falls into the water, and actually winds up inhaling some sort of toxic um, gas or whatever the case may be that winds up really changing her body formation and she's able to now just turn into a big pile of blob or putty and she really doesn't have any control over that but clearly she she's she's gained more control over the years um but i am fascinated about her personality um because when we see her in the 50s and she's filming and i think they're in like africa or something like that she kind of gives like this 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 ugly glare at the uh, black cameraman with the guy that has like one arm, and she goes to the producer and is asking for somebody else to um, to to shoot the film. And I guess the producers under the uh, under the assumption that she has an issue with it being his arm. But then when he replaces that guy with another black cameraman, it's almost as though. She, she she looks at him as though she still has an issue. So I'm wondering if Rita Farr does have sort of like racial issues, if she was a racist at some particular point in time in her life back in the 50s. But I'm not sure if that's the case or not, just because of the fact that as we see her later on at the diner, um, she's speaking to a black uh, waitress. She's speaking with, to a black woman, um, and and which I love because of the fact that this woman is like explaining to her how much she loved Rita Farr. Um, back in the day, and the fact that Rita wants to hear this lady speak more about what Rita did for her in her life and hear a little bit more about herself um, was fascinating to me. So I, I do want to see how they develop that further and see, does Rita really have a racial issue or was that just taken the wrong way in the beginning half of this episode or not? So I do want to see how that uh, pans out, but I think April, for the most part, is doing a really good job so far as Rita. And last but not least, man one of my favorite characters in this in this show also right next to um robot man has to go to crazy jane 
uh, played by Diane Guerrero. Uh, phenomenal. Anytime that you get the opportunity, I'm sure as an actor, anytime you get the opportunity to deal with a character that you get to play with 64 different personalities, that's got to be fun. And I love the fact that that allows Crazy Jane to almost be just fresh and brand new every time you get the opportunity to see her. I mean, yes, we will have personalities repeat themselves. I mean, we saw Hammerhead's personality repeated quite a few times. Um, who was the depressed girl that uh, Robot Man was speaking with? I think she called herself like Hangman Jane or something like that or Hangman. I, I can't remember. Certainly let me know in the comment section box below if you guys remember. Um but I love the fact that it's like we never know who we're going to get anytime the camera is on Crazy Jane. Um, and the relationship that she's building with Robot Man, I think, is stellar so far. Their first interaction where she, like, grabs his iron junk or whatever whatever he's made out of. Um, I, I can tell that I'm going to love just their personality already. And the fact that Crazy Jane has this idea of her own to go ahead and take this um, uh, adventure, this road trip to the city, um, even though they are all just weirdos and they know how people are going to react, uh, they still go regardless. So I'm glad that Crazy Jane takes them out. But for me, at least, the fun part of that is just seeing her interaction really with Robot Man for a majority of the majority of this season, a majority of this episode, because she does seem as though she will connect with him better and is understanding him a little bit better uh, and really just building that relationship. So I'm fascinated to see how that goes on. On, um, as this uh, season progresses but we do see Rita winds up not able to control herself and things just start going incredibly wrong right like I feel like the moment that they left uh, Doom Manor you immediately knew that things were just not going to go well whatsoever so Rita loses all control of herself she becomes this gigantic blob that's just raining destruction down the street uh, until Robot Man is able to go ahead and save a group of kids in the school bus uh, able to stop Rita's momentum and have everybody really escape and go back to um, uh, Doom manner but unfortunately not before the damage is done as the chief certainly knows exactly what's going on here uh, and is really pissed off at everybody because the chief has seemingly been keeping them a secret for a reason and that reason is Mr. Nobody because of the fact that he knows that the moment that they have been discovered things were just going to go downhill for them as soon as possible and so while it's the chief's idea to just go ahead and run and go back into hiding it is in fact Robot Man and and the rest of Doom Patrol who decides that they're going to stick by and protect this town as best as they can. And just to wrap up this episode fantastically well, I love the line that Robot Man says when he does realize just the immense power that they're um, that they're about to face, right? Like when Mr. Nobody winds up creating like this dimensional vortex and it starts ripping up the asphalt in the street, I think Robot Man's line is like, fuck me, or like, what the fuck, or something like that. Like Even he did not expect to be this trippy of some shit that he that he's never seen before in his life so uh, I'm fascinated to see how these characters are gonna wind up somehow becoming this superhero team to even go up against a villain as powerful as Mr. Nobody it really does just fascinate me extremely well as to how this group of characters will turn into superheroes. And I think that's really what's going to be the fun part of this season, quite frankly. So I'm really looking forward to it, guys. I was impressed. I was blown away. I truly was. And I have a feeling that you guys certainly were also. Um, so with that being said, 
The question does come up because I know somebody's going to ask it, whether it be in the comment section box or just some random conversation. Somebody's going to ask, was Doom Patrol better than Titans? Well, look, let me just say this. I love Doom Patrol season uh, episode one. If I had to say which was better as far as a season premiere, hands down Doom Patrol. Hands down Doom Patrol. But let's take a step back for just a second here, okay? Because I feel like people are immediately just going to shit all over Titans because of how great Doom Patrol certainly was. So I think people need to take a deep breath and take a step back and just look at the situations that both of these um, shows are certainly in, okay? The Titans were in production hell for the longest time. For the longest time, we thought TNT was going to pick up Titans, and that didn't necessarily go that their way. Um, it, did, it took them years until they decided to finally make it for the DC Universe streaming service. And so when they started to do that, a filming for this uh, show for Titans went from November 2017 to June 2018, okay? Doom Patrol did not start filming until August of 2018. So I would not be surprised if Doom Patrol already technically had an upper hand in its production and its quality because it's had the opportunity to see what Titans was doing, how their production was coming together, and they also had plenty of opportunity to see how people were reacting to Titans before their own show came out. So don't, listen, don't think that the people in the creative department and production for Doom Patrol didn't change things or didn't make things look better or wrap things up in a perfect little bow before their season premiere when they knew already just everything that happened with Titans. So Titans really, for the most part, is DC's first true experiment in regards to live action for their service, okay? Also take into consideration, Titans was filmed in Canada with their own production team, and Doom Patrol was filmed in Georgia with their own production team. Production teams matter in regards to quality, especially. Supergirl is a perfect example of that. Supergirl, when it was on CBS Season 1, was filming in Los Angeles. Season 2, when they moved to the WB or CW, their production went to... Um, Canada also, like the rest of the other DC television shows, and it was completely different of a product, okay? So different production companies will give you different products that you have here. So I'm not going to bust and immediately just shit all over Titans for what they produced. I'm not saying it was stellar. I, I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed Titans for certainly what it was, but I'm not immediately going to shit on Titans just because Doom Patrol was better. I have a feeling as though people for some reason, and to quote J. Cole here, and it's a random quote, I know, but J. Cole said, people act like two legends can't coexist. Like you can't have two good things on at the same time, okay? It's okay to say Titans is good, y'all. Just because Doom Patrol is fantastic, it's okay to see Teen Titans 
was good. You don't have to immediately shit on it. Titans, Titans wasn't a crap series. There are really great things inside of Titans. I just think people, like for me, I grew up a Marv Wolfman and George Perez Team Titans fan, okay? Those are the characters that I expected here in Titans. But when you look back at this season, you do have to understand that, yes, these are not our Team Titans that we expected. They're formulating them up to look more like the traditional, more current Titans, more gritty, a little bit darker sort of thing. That's the theme that they're certainly going with with Titans. That'll rub people the wrong way. That's fine. Some people will appreciate it. Some people certainly won't. But to say that Titans overall is just shit, I think is pretty disrespectful because I do think that there are some really great moments in Titans that I think people should appreciate a little bit more. With that said, so I'm not going to shit on Titans. Titans for me was a good and great season. I liked it, but there were some ups and downs. I'm not saying that. But for me, Doom Patrol, when you want to talk about having the opportunity to take a step back, see what another show is doing, and then put your own flair on things and make it 10 times better and show progression as a streaming service and as an original series, I think that's what's supposed to happen. You're supposed to get better as you get more and more seasons under your belt because now you've got that experience. Now you've done this before. Now you know what fans expect. And listen, these are two totally different stories and two totally different groups of characters, right? Um, I believe it's Alan Moore, if I'm not mistaken, that did Doom Patrol. It, it's it's you go into Doom Patrol with less expectations, okay? Because majority of the uh, American public probably don't know who Doom Patrol is. Maybe some DC fans like myself, maybe we're not in tune with who Doom Patrol is completely and fully. So we really don't have any expectations about Doom Patrol going into this. But Titans, when you have some of the most lovable and appreciated DC sidekicks and characters, that that are loved by millions all around the world and you want to start off first with titans look doom patrol might have been the first series that they probably should have started out with but i don't blame them from starting with titans i really don't but look it's significantly different there is way more expectations on titans than there certainly were ever on doom patrol beginning this series quite frankly a lot of people were just like i don't even really know if i want to watch doom patrol but everybody for the most part well i guess because the trailers for titans were pretty crappy some people were kind of thrown off but i think people were more interested in titans than they certainly were for doom patrol but Doom Patrol has just knocked it out of the park with their first episode. And I'm so glad. I'm so glad that they certainly did because now this gives me even more hope for future stuff like Stargirl, like Swamp Thing, um, like Season 2 of Titans. If you don't think, if you, if you do not think that Titans Season 2 is not going to look at all the other shows after them and see how they've changed things or what they did differently and not make changes of their own you're you're kidding yourself okay i expect season two of titans to be ten, almost 10 times better than what season one was so i'm pretty sure overall i wind up giving titans a b grade overall um, but we'll see where doom patrol winds up uh, winds up landing after the season is completed but i will say this man doom patrol knocked it out of the park so incredibly impressed. I am going to be fully on board for the remainder of this season based off of this alone. I will even go and say this. Doom Patrol alone 
Doom Patrol alone is worth the $7.99 on DC Universe, and everything else, honestly, is just going to be added bonus, quite frankly. So if you haven't subscribed for DC Universe uh, streaming service, please do $7.99 a month, guys. You will certainly be impressed with this show, I guarantee it. I'm not going to ask you what did you like more overall of the season. Listen, because Doom Patrol could have a great season one and just shit the bed the remainder of the season. I'm just being honest. It could. It could. Do I think it's going to happen? Probably not. But Based off of season premieres, Doom Patrol or Titans just premieres. I don't want you comparing uh, all of episode one of Doom Patrol was better than Teen Titans season. Listen, that's that's impossible. Okay, it's just impossible because we haven't seen the we haven't seen the storyline play out correctly, or we haven't seen the the storyline fully play out just yet. But I will say this again: Doom Patrol and Titans are very very different. They Titans, while yes they are a family in the comic books, we do see that their storyline was based off the idea of individuals coming together to form this family, whereas Doom Patrol, you already have to kick off the show running with them as a family, so you have to do that character development in the very first episode, okay, to kind of establish that for you. So there's just different mindsets in creating your season and how you want to build your season that makes each of these seasons completely different. So I, I I feel like you cannot compare them just yet, just based off of just completely different situations that both of these series have found themselves in. But I definitely want to know your guys' point of view. That's just my opinion. I could be wrong. Who knows? I want to know yours in the comment section box. So please go ahead and do so. Subscribe to us here on our YouTube page and click Click that bell notification button, guys, so anytime we drop a brand new video, you will be notified. Also, don't forget to go ahead and check us out on our Facebook page, our Twitter account, and our Instagram account. And until next time, guys, I'll talk to you later. Thanks.